Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the podcast in which today I'm joined by Stuart. Uh, Stuart, I think it's Matheson, is that right Stuart? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, great. And uh, good to have you on the podcast, Stuart. Good to have you here today and obviously you're you're from Scotland as people might uh, recognise the accent but those that don't, uh, obviously you're, you're residing in Scotland at the moment. Yeah, I'm sure they will uh, pick up that accent. Well, uh, you know, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's great to be on this today. Great. And listeners, just to give you a little bit of background into Stuart, he started his first business uh, at 13. So as we're speaking now, Stuart is uh, an 18-year-old entrepreneur, as we said, residing in Scotland, but started his first business at 13 called Stuart Matheson Closing and was uh, sourcing T-shirts and hoodies from Pakistan to sell locally and by the time he was 14. Since then, he's been involved with creating and launching a digital toolkit to over 15,000 email addresses in the UK legal sector, and has been learning everything he can about new, uh, innovative marketing strategies. And his latest venture uh, revolves around Facebook organic marketing. Uh, There's lots of uh, things that he's looked into in the past, which we'll talk a little bit more as we go go through but his dream is to live life as a serial entrepreneur have the freedom over when and more importantly where he works and to drive very fast cars <laughs> i love that one and we're definitely going to hear more about that a little bit later on because that um, cars and bikes are my passion as well so uh, right okay although i've dropped the fast ones now it's more more off-roading ones so uh, great to have you on on the podcast. Where whereabouts in Scotland are you sat at the moment? Then currently, I am in uh, Trun, uh, you know Ayrshire, uh, just right. sort of west of Glasgow. Okay, great. And you've got something very different now. You know, we've had lots of similar themes for what people are drinking on this podcast, and I can safely say some of them have been unique-ish, but yours is the first of this that we've had we might be setting a new trend here but wow. just tell us a little bit about what you're drinking today and why so my drink of choice today is uh, a can of iron brew which is uh you know the go-to soft drink in scotland um yep. and you know as a scot it's always been there uh in my life and i've always taken taken a fancy to it um i actually seen the other day that I think in every country in the world, the highest selling soft drink is Coca-Cola, apart from one country, which is Scotland, where obviously the high selling <laughs> soft drink is, is Iron Brew. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's my uh, purpose for having it today. I, I, I think there's, there's two things that are quite interesting about that, isn't it? Yeah. One, it's the national pride in the drink. Yeah. And, you know, the one thing I would say, you know, the, the Scottish obviously do with Iron Brew and the French do very well with their cars, is their patronage to something that is, you know, their national brand. Yeah, 100%. I don't think I don't think we in England do a very good job of that, to be honest. So uh, we need <laughs> we need to do more of that. 
Um, the the other thing is there that the the brand itself, when you say Iron Brew, it's not spelt as many people would spell it, is it? So uh, some of the listeners might be thinking Iron Brew. So is that I R O N and then Brew B R E W? It's not, is it? So just explain no. to the the listeners. Because it is quite unique, isn't it? The way it's spelt as well. That makes it stand out. So just tell us about that. And give us a bit of an idea of what the taste is as well. Yeah, I mean, well, the, the spelling of it is uh, I-R-N-B-R-U. Um, and I'm not exactly sure how that spelling came to be, but I feel like it is very Scottish in that yep. it's, you know, it's not totally correct. It's not the way it should be. Um, it's almost more personal. Yeah. Um which is quite sort of reflective of, of Scotland, at least I see it that way. Uh, the taste in itself is hard to describe. Um, and I think that's partially what's made it so successful. It's almost similar to Coca-Cola in that it you can't really relate it to, you know, a certain fruit or anything like that, where, yeah. you know, obviously a lot of drinks, you'd, you'd be thinking, oh, it's quite, you know, it's quite orangey or it's yeah. quite kind of summer fruits-ish. Yeah. Uh, I think with Iron Brew, it, like Coca-Cola, it has its own very unique taste. Uh, and also it's orange too, which obviously yeah. links back to, to Scotland, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think, yeah, I know, you know your your background here, you're talking about in your bio is, is very much around, you know, marketing, looking at affiliate marketing uh, and different marketing solutions, et cetera. I think it's really important, isn't it, to to stand out and be different, particularly in today's market. Yeah. yeah. And I think one thing, you know, we keep using the brand Coca-Cola, and of course, this podcast is more than happy to be sponsored by Coca-Cola and any other <laughs> big brands that are out there. But it's other people have tried to copy it, but they still retain that uniqueness of, of the brand, don't they? And the, the Iron Brew, as you say, even the fact that it's not spelt as you think it should be, is what yeah. makes it attractive and makes it different. And people like to have something that's different, don't they? They don't like just to fall into the beige. And, yeah. and Iron Brew definitely does that. So that's great. So what what's um, what else might you drink with Iron Brew? Is it something you just drink on its own? Or, you know, heaven forbid, is it something that you would mix? Or give us a little oh, bit more man. idea about any, any other drinking habits that you might have or ways that you can drink Iron Brew. I mean, I, I think in, in Scotland, probably uh, even more than other countries, you know, it's probably a place where drink, you know, soft drinks are mixed with alcoholic drinks yeah. uh, a lot. But I haven't actually heard very often an alcoholic drink being mixed with uh, oh, Iron okay. Brew in the same yeah. way you would with, you know, Coke, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think probably the average way it's consumed is just through, you know, a can or a bottle or yeah, yeah. in a glass with some ice. Um, and I think it's, for a lot of Scots, it's one of those drinks that it can be drunk at any point, like water almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's also probably partially why it's so successful. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. So you, you've been on a bit of a journey then, you know, starting your first business at 13, you know, now 18 as an entrepreneur, you know, working on, on marketing and helping people with Facebook, organic marketing, et cetera. What would you say has been the latest or most significant thing that you've worked on in your own business, Stuart? Yeah, I think 
probably the the biggest shift, um, if you want to put that put it that way, is to put more focus on you know the long term uh, growth and the long term strength of the business and you know my knowledge and journey as a whole. Um, obviously, I think when you're young, you know it's probably a lot easier. Um, to be, you know, sucked into that short-term, short-term growth, that yeah. short-term, you know, boost of uh, of income or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, the biggest change, almost in mindset, has been, you know, take a step back, look at the overall approach more, um, you know, look at the perspective of what you're doing at the moment, um, and and kind of look at it that way, which takes a lot of the stress out of the day-to-day yeah. side of it. Um, and it, it's, it's actually a lot more kind of sobering, if you want to put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So before we start talking um, about a little bit more about how, what difference that's made, and also you, know, you mentioned here about forming real relationships with you know, community and clients through, through organic marketing, uh, yeah. you know, which you and I have spoke about you know, quite a lot before when we've spoken. Um, I've got to ask about the fast cars, okay? Because right, you don't just yeah. say to drive fast cars, to drive very fast cars. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I don't think the listeners probably have heard this, but, you know, yes, I'm very passionate about motorbike racing. I used to come up to Scotland every year uh, to Knock Hill to watch the British Superbikes because we, we, we were involved in a British Superbike team. Wow. And I used to love... I never, I've never taken my bike around Knockhill. I used to do a lot of track days, Cadwell Park and other circuits, but never took my bike around. But what I did do was take my car around. And I had a, a Porsche KN at the time, 4.5 litre uh, car. And I wow. took that as a 4 before, which is it is, yeah. around Knockhill racetrack, very, very fast, with four people in it. And then after having a, and this is going to sound very wrong, and listeners, you're going to think terrible of me for doing this. But, you know, it's a closed circuit. You know, nobody was harmed in doing this. But there's an off-road circuit there as well, uh, an Isuzu off-road circuit as it was. And I hope the organisers of this circuit aren't listening either. But in one of the parties we had at the uh, at the end of the race meeting, we went and had a look at We thought, this is great. We've taken the car around the track, which was okay to do. Let's go and have a look at the off-road circuit. And we had looked at it and we thought, that's pretty intense. Yeah. Let's go back and have another drink and then come back and have another look at it. And it might look better. And it did. When we went back and had a look at it after a little bit more alcohol. Uh, we went around and we did the whole circuit in the car. So it's the first time I've ever took a car from taking it around a racetrack really quick to then. So, you know, Porsche, I give them credit where the credit do. You know, this was one of the very first ones that came out. It was, I think, a 54 plate or something like that. Was absolutely incredible doing racetrack and off-roading. But what's what's your very fast car that you're looking for is there any particular passions any particular interests uh dream cars etc um i mean that's a good question like dream cars like for me i'm probably more since i'm i'm younger you know my dream car probably changes every couple of months as you know <laughs> a, a new one is released or you see yep. an old one that you didn't know about uh, yeah. Or you learn a piece of information about uh, a certain car. Um, I think at the moment I'm probably taking more of a liking to Lamborghinis. Uh, I, you know, okay. the recent Hurricane, the recent Aventador um, have looked pretty cool to me. Uh, I think what you're actually saying about 
the Porsche there um, and around the off-road track. Yeah. Uh, from what I've heard, Porsche is a much better car in terms of, uh, you know, reliability. Yeah. Um, I think that's why some people opt for Porsches as opposed yeah. to some of the Italian cars. Um, yeah. Because I don't think there are as many, you know, real German supercars as there are Italian cars. No, um, so I feel like that might be why uh, Porsches are, are actually doing so well at the moment. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting as well, because I think the Germans have a lot of uh, straighter roads where right. Italy is a passion for driving around bends. So, you know, their yeah. cars are, are very much built for the handling and the sexiness of, of them as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I must admit, Lamborghini is, 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 a, is, a, is, a, is a brand that I've never really taken a, a fancy to. There's a guy in our village that has one. Right. And he brings it out two or three times a year through the village because it's so noisy as well. Yeah. But uh, certainly for me, uh, you know, one of the ones I love is a Maserati. You know, uh, absolutely love that. I love the shape of it, the, the style of it as well. But you're right, you know, I had a, a 911, which was really, really quick. But... Yeah, whilst I loved it to bits, it always felt slightly boring. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and the reliability of that was definitely part of that. Yeah. yeah. There is an, an excitement. You know, I, I used to have a Fiat X19, you know, one of the little mid-engine things. And that was always breaking down. Right. Always. Okay. That was probably the most exciting car that I've ever had because it just it was just so great to drive and handle where the push does everything for you and it is great it's a fast car it's comfortable i'd certainly drive to scotland in it but um yeah there's a little bit of something that some of the italians have definitely and all the yeah i want to get all reviews now from all the porsche german drivers saying ah no you're completely yeah. wrong we, we, we've ups, we split the people into two camps now haven't we but uh, but i think i'm with you Stuart. definitely so um obviously you you talk about in your in your bio here that you sent me about organic marketing and you know businesses can grow their business organically and it is about forming relationships and communities that their their prospects and their clients can be part of um are there any trends or any anything that you see that people should be doing more of or less of people things that people aren't doing enough of yeah i think um at the moment the, the one thing that jumps out at me when you when you say that is i think probably a big thing at the moment that's important is to be speaking to people on facebook messenger um i think you know when people go on to you know if you're running a business and you think you know obviously facebook is one of the big places where i should try and build up a presence yeah um the number one thing that you think about trying to do is make really great content and post it onto your, your profile or your business yeah. page. And obviously that's incredibly important, but at the moment with the Facebook algorithm, a friend of mine was actually telling me that currently only about 3% of your Facebook friends will see your posts, yeah. which really is nothing. So, you know, if you're trying to actually really warm up leads, uh, you know, get people seeing your stuff, and interested in what you're doing, then the best way to do that is simply to speak to them on Messenger as opposed to just hoping that they'll see your posts. Yeah. And it's interesting. I know some people, you know, myself included, uh, will be thinking, well, that's okay, but 
if I'm putting content out there and I've got, let's say I've got a thousand friends. Yeah. Um, I'm putting content out there to, to reach those thousands. And I, and I completely agree. You know, some time ago, uh, I spoke to a guy from Facebook and he told me it was, it was about 4% and that was probably about two years ago. So even then it right. wasn't that good. But doing it by messenger suddenly feels like a lot of hard work because it yeah. feels like I've got to individually talk to those thousand people. Yeah. And I think a lot of people resist. It's okay if somebody messaged me, I'm quite happy to message back. Yeah, I've got one per one or two people, but how how would you say to the listeners that are thinking, oh, that sounds like hard work using Messenger? What, any shortcuts? Any any aspects you can give that might just help them out with that? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, I mean, obviously, marketing generally comes down to either putting your time into it or your money yeah. into it. Um, <laughs> and I think if if you're sort of starting out and you don't really have much money or time at all. I think even just spending, uh, you know, a little bit of time at the start of the day and a little bit of time at the end of the day, um, when you've got a little bit more time, um, you know, just go through all of your messages on Messenger and, you know, get in touch with new people that you feel like could be potential clients. Um, And obviously what you were saying about, you know, trying to speak to a thousand people uh, at once, you know, through messaging, you know, that, that's not possible, really, unless yeah. you have, uh, you know, an un- unbelievable system where probably you have a lot of money to put into it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why that strategy in particular works better if you have, you know, more kind of expensive offers, uh, usually yeah. for, you know, more than a thousand pounds. Because yeah. then if, if you're speaking to, for example, even just 10 people and one of them uh, buy then you know it makes a way bigger yeah. difference that makes than, sense. than if you're selling something small. Yeah. Um, so again, I think that's where it comes down to, you know, your marketing should be different depending on the type of business you are and where your potential clients are, are hanging around. Yeah. I, I mean, I love Facebook and I love Facebook Messenger in particular as well. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, as a coach, shouldn't you be using LinkedIn more? But I don't know about, used to it, but the messaging on facebook i find really chatty it's really engaging yeah you know people are very honest with you i get onto linkedin and very often the chats are people just trying to sell to me i get this yeah. lovely message say hi simon i saw you you know your profile thought you were a great person it'd be good to connect and then as soon as i connect they just send me this long message of what it is they do and that if i want to buy it i need to jump on a call with them yeah, yeah. And they've not even got to know me. I think Messenger is more about, you know, you mentioned in your bio about building relationships, more about get to know me before you want to marry me. Yeah. It's that kind of feel to it, isn't it? Where LinkedIn is just, hi, nice to meet you. Will you marry me kind of feel to it? You know, will you yeah. do business with me? And that has its place. Don't get me wrong. But, um, yeah, there's, I think you've got to pick what suits you and your, your personality as well, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, obviously, business is probably becoming more and more personal, as it, as it goes on. And, you know, I think that's something that you may as well take advantage of. Um, and I think almost LinkedIn is probably becoming more and more like email, not obviously yeah. it's very different to email, but it's becoming a lot more of almost a hassle. Um, yeah. Whereas as fate, you know, if someone messages you on Facebook, subconsciously you are more relaxed 
you're more open, it's more friendly, and it's easier to make a real connection, make a real relationship. And then if it suits to work with them or sell to them, then it's it's so much easier and more comfortable on both sides. And you can actually buy from people as well, can't you? You can find a relationship and you think, do you know what? You've got something that I want, so you can buy from that. And and it's interesting here, um, you know, I, th- I think for me, one of my values is the proofs in the pudding. So, you know, I want to show people what I can do so that they believe that I can do it. Uh, and you mentioned here as well that, you know, lots of people, there are lots and lots of people out there um, telling you how you can improve your marketing. Yeah. But very few people who actually do it and yeah. show you that they can do it and just, you know, don't deliver those empty promises of, you know, I can get you a reach of 10,000. Great. But if 10,000 reach doesn't give me one single lead and one single client, then what's the point of that? Yeah. There, yeah. there are lots of empty promises out there. What would you say makes you different and unique then in, in how you do things and how do you feel about that, that proof being in the pudding? Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I think, uh, obviously that, that could be seen as a huge problem in, in the industry. Uh, that you know a lot of people are uh, promising a lot and under delivering Um, and you know that does make an opportunity for people that are more kind of uh, real and respectable and have you know a bit of a shared risk system to come in and get business Um, so for me you know whenever I'm discussing any sort of uh, terms or commitment with a client or potential client I always make sure it's under some sort of you know shared risk system where either okay. uh, the work that's being done is maybe on commission or yeah. it's it's set up in short periods of time so you're yeah. going you know maybe month by month and if they get say three weeks in and they're thinking you know what this isn't working for me at all then they only pay for that part um, so it's either you know commission based where you're not over committing you know you get what you bring in um, yeah. or it's or it's very short term commitment yeah. stacked up um, and, and, and the great thing about that is if you do one month for someone and they're totally satisfied then they'll be happy you know to make a much bigger uh, long term commitment um, sure. so it's not like a, it's not a death sentence at all it's just a, a much better way to get involved with people prove yourself yeah. um, and, and grow your business that way yeah and it's interesting, and I don't think I, I would like to think that anybody is encouraging, you know, and I work with a lot of digital businesses and tech businesses to sort of give things away for free or trials and things like that. Um, but I think you're right. You know, people need to feel that there's a, a commitment to getting the results. Yeah. And some of that time, that commitment is put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. You know, and it's either put your money where your mouth is or give me some kind of guarantee. And, you know, I, I always remember asking certain people in the past when it comes to social media for, for guarantees and, oh, no, we can't guarantee anything. I said nothing. No, yeah. can't guarantee anything. What, can't even guarantee that you'll smile when you answer the phone? Oh, well, yeah, that's just silly, isn't it? Well, yeah, but it'd just be nice to have somebody friendly to talk to. <laughs> you know, yeah. can't you even guarantee that? And I think you're right. You know, the more we can lower the risk and increase the reward, the better the buying decision is going to be, isn't it? And I think we can all yeah. find ways of doing that, um, you know, quite effectively as well. So yeah, I, I like that. 
I, I love the fact that you, even at the the very dizzy age of 18, you know, have that mature head on your shoulders to, to see that as well. So that's great. So if people want to connect with you, Stuart, and find out more about you, or they want to reach out and find out how you can help them with, you know, that organic marketing or anything else that, that you know, you might be able to help them with. How, how do people do that? How do people find you and reach out to you? Well, the, the number one uh, place I am to do business at the moment is Facebook. Um, so my, probably the, the, the two best ways to reach me would be on Facebook Messenger or on email. Uh, my main email address is just uh, stuart.matheson at outlook.com. So that would yeah. be uh, S-T-E-W-A-R-T dot M-A-T-H-I-E-S-O-N uh, at outlook.com. Uh, or on Facebook, my profile would be facebook.com forward slash stuart.a.matheson. So again, that would be S-T-E-W-A-R-T dot A dot M-A-T-H-I-O-S-O-N. Fantastic. Great. So to connect with you on, on Facebook, message you uh, on Facebook or, or drop you an email. Great. Uh, yeah. And I'm glad you said you're on Facebook because yeah, uh, I'm, I'm always amazed. I, I was talking to um, somebody at a network meeting the other day and they do websites uh, and design websites. And they were saying, you know, we do great websites. We do big websites, small websites. I saw that. I said, you know, what's your website address? Oh, well, yeah, we haven't created one yet. Yeah. Okay. So you build websites, but you haven't got one yourself. So yeah, you'd, you'd hope that, you know, if you're on Facebook, then that's where you're going to be yeah. found, isn't it? So yeah, great. So thinking about um, the the listeners that we've got here and yeah, if you could give them, and I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to ask you two questions now, Stuart, so be prepared for yeah. this. If you could give people a, an organic, a community, a Facebook type tip, then that would be great. Second question I'm going to ask you because you started your first business at the age of 13. You were sourcing t shirts and hoodies from Pakistan and selling them locally by the time you were 14. What I'd also like to know is what tip would you give to anybody listening to this who is just starting off as an entrepreneur? But first of all, give us the, the tip on, on the on anything facebook anything marketing or anything i've got anything you want to share with us from that point of view to show show what we can do yeah i think um the the number one tip uh for me on facebook would be to just be personal um and be yourself because if and i know that's probably quite stock advice but yeah. on on facebook especially um you know if you're involved with that kind of stuff um you'll get you know spam messages where you know you've just maybe accepted their friend request and they give you a huge long message you know with different links in it and different you know all sorts of stuff um and you might get so many think you know do these actually work um but they never do work and you know it's just putting in the time being personal and obviously speaking to the right people as well um i think probably more more of a specific uh, tip on Facebook um, would probably be be very involved with uh, your competitors actually see what your competitors are doing um, almost don't see them as competitors see them as you know uh, maybe friends that you can learn from and share uh, ideas yeah. and advice with um, yeah. I think a lot of the time you know especially if you're just getting started with it 
um, you're maybe quite hesitant to either do the same things that your competitors are doing or go totally the other way and do totally different things. Um, yeah. But, you know, a lot of the time you forget that, you know, at the end of the day, they're just human beings. And if you're sort of respectable to them, then they'll be more than happy to give you advice or, uh, or show them a little bit about their strategy. Um, so, yeah, I think getting involved with your competitors is, is a very uh, good way to start. And I, th- and I think that's really important because, you know, you can model, you can learn, you can, obviously you still can make yourself different from your competitors, you know, don't just copy and paste and clone. Yeah. But it's, it's really important to, for me, learn from what perhaps other people have done. So you can avoid making the same mistakes or do more yeah. of the same things. Right. So why on earth wouldn't anybody go out there and look at what their competitors do and then try to model uh, and then yeah. just make yourself that little bit different. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, from a, from an entrepreneur point of view, then, and you might have answered that with the previous uh, question you've just answered. But what would you say to people? Um, anything else you want to share for somebody who's perhaps just starting off as an entrepreneur or is a young entrepreneur such as yourself um, that's that's out there for the first time? I think a whole lot of it comes down to who you listen to. Um, you know, if you're maybe a teenager and you want to start a business or, or just get involved um, with that kind of thing, then you're going to get so many mixed opinions off of people. Hmm. Um, you know, your, uh, for example, your family could go either way with it, depending yeah. on, you know, who they are and, and how they are. You might say, you know, that's a daft idea. It's unrealistic. It's just not, it's not going to work. Or yeah. they might be saying, that's a really great idea. You know, I really encourage you to do that. Um, you know, your friends, a lot of the time will be against it, you know, because in high school, well, you know how it is. There's a lot of, you know, sometimes jealousy, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So if you say you're going to start a business, then a lot of people will, you know, uh, kind of dislike you for that yeah. and maybe and, have. And they'll, and they'll think they'll lose you, don't you? Sometimes they're doing it because actually they're frightened of you being successful or going off and doing something yeah. different and they'll lose you as a, as a, as a family member and as a friend. So that, that can be a big factor in it, can't it? Definitely. Yeah. I think if, if people think, you know, on a subconscious level, you know what, that's actually really cool. I wish I thought of that first, then yeah. it will come out negatively. Yeah. Um, and obviously that, point. you know, that's something that happens a lot more when you're younger, um, yeah. which I, you, you know, if you do do that, then you'll find that, it's more younger people uh, that have negativity towards it. And it's more older people that think it's a really cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting. uh, You were saying about who to listen to. So if you could pick one person who you've seen as somebody quite pivotal to your success that you've listened to, whether it's somebody close to you, whether it's somebody that you've listened to on a CD, DVD, read a book or something like that, what would you, what would you share that that person is? You know, who would you say that is? Well, um, the number one person that comes to mind is a, a family friend, um, you know, who's been very successful in business, uh, yeah. you know, has a, has a big house. And, and more than that, you know, he has the luxury of, of kind of doing what he wants, when he wants. Um, you know, yeah. he, he doesn't need to look at the prices on a restaurant menu, that kind of stuff. 
and generally, you know, where he is in life is where roughly I want to be when yeah. I'm his age. So naturally, he's a person that I, you know, listen to, try and speak to as much as possible and get involved with. Um, and I, I think that's probably crucial to definitely have someone uh, that's close to you, if possible, to yeah. look up to and speak to. Because uh, I think a lot of the time, they're going to be the ones that are kind of uh, impartial. You know, if you're watching, you know, I don't know, Grant Cardone or, or yeah. uh, Jordan Belfort on YouTube or whoever, you know, is kind of your inspiration uh, online, uh, you know, a lot of the time their goal is, is to sell to you. Uh, yeah. So, you know, from yeah. a, a life and business point of view, they're not the ones that you want to be like looking up to, if that makes sense. Um, I, I, I think yeah. you can learn things from people like that, but I absolutely, I think you're right. You know, you need that that authentic, in your best interest, advice, yeah. don't you? When when your friend's giving you that advice, two things I think you know, listeners, I'm I'm hearing here, which are really really important to its mention. The first thing is learning from somebody who has done what you want to do, yeah, and can tell you the things to do and the things to avoid. You know, I, yeah. I call it the Sherpa effect. You know, if I'm going to climb Everest, I'm going to find the Sherpa who's actually been up there, come back down several times and can now show me how to do the same. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you, you wouldn't pick somebody who just read a textbook or, you know, has studied it and pretends he knows how to do it. You know, um, yeah. But, but I think it's also having somebody who is there for you and has your best interests at heart. Yeah, and somebody yeah. who's with you in the journey, isn't it, as well? So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's absolutely precious. And it sounds like he's got a great freedom of choice, I would call that. You know, freedom yeah, you know, is is lots of different things to lots of people. But when you can make better choices and do what you want to do, then that's definitely, you know, the pinnacle of success, definitely. Yeah, and I think if you're, you know, a lot of the, the entrepreneurs you see uh, the most are, are, you know, maybe Elon Musk or... Yeah. Uh, you know, Bill Gates or whoever else. Uh, and realistically, they're, you know, super, super geniuses. And, and realistically, most of us aren't. Um, yeah. So unless you are in that 0.1%, um, then, you know, trying to do something totally new, uh, you yeah. know, 100% different to what everyone else is doing, you know, most of the time it's a recipe uh, for disaster. You know, if you are, um, not in that top 1% of, of intelligence, then, you know, probably your best bet is to not reinvent the wheel, um, but just to see what people have done that's worked in general and do something similar to that. Obviously, yeah, if yeah. you were to do the exact same thing, yeah, uh, then it probably wouldn't work, but something similar and, yeah. you know, throw in your own impact where you can improve it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So that's great. So a, a really good set of lessons there. So I'm, I'm going to ask you the final question then, Stuart, to, just to wrap this up. If you were going to have your next can, I can't believe I'm saying this. If you're going to have your next can of Iron Brew in a dream location, where would it be? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> Particularly with all the things that are happening in Scotland, England, with lockdowns and restrictions yeah. and as well. You're getting a much harder time of it than we are. Yeah, I think so. I, I think uh, probably at the moment, I'd definitely take a liking to, uh, you know, Dubai. 
um, yeah. and kind of the, the United Arab Emirates in general. Um, okay. You know, a lot of the time Dubai gets most of the talk, but, you know, Abu Dhabi and, and even uh, like Ra's al uh, if yeah. I pronounced that correctly, you know, they are unbelievable places too. Um, yeah. So looking past the technical side of bringing Iron Brew over to those countries, which would <laughs> probably be quite a, a hassle, uh, but if that was possible, then I would, I would definitely yeah. go there. Well, I think actually you've got a pretty good chance of that because it's the alcoholic drinks, isn't it, that always seem to yeah. be the, the problem. So I think you'd be pretty safe with that. I think I think your hardest thing would be trying to convince them that it's not alcoholic in any way because, you know, they're, yeah. they're, that, that might be the hardest thing because it took me some time for that. So, yeah, and and definitely you need some ice with that, wouldn't you, perhaps? So, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely, definitely over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Well, look, so you've given us lots of things to think about. Um, you're giving us, I think, some good lessons to learn just from the brand Iron Brew as well and uh, the identity and the way, uh, you know, the national pride in the drink as well. But so many things on Facebook Messenger uh, and, you know, what we can do from, you know, modelling our competitors and researching them and seeing them as our friends. I think that's a great thing, you know, not seeing them as the enemy, but seeing them as, as our friends and talking to them and perhaps, you know, researching them. I think that's a great thing. And, who you listen to. I think, you know, if there's one thing that every listener you should take away from today, it's finding that person, find that person who uh, has been where you want to go and now can impart that knowledge and is willing to, and it has your best interests at heart. I think that's really important. So thank you very much Stuart, for sharing that and giving us so many insights. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Yeah. It's been my, been my pleasure to be here. Uh, thanks for having me. And I, again, I hope, I hope, everyone listening has picked up at least kind of one thing that you know adds adds to their day or uh, or makes them makes them have a think definitely and listeners you, you've got Stuart's email address uh, you've got his um way to contact him on facebook so stuart.a.matherson on facebook i think you said so we need yep. to make sure we put the, the dot a in the middle there uh and of course you yeah, the links will be in the show notes as well most important thing is um don't just do something uh, with listening to this. Take some action. Do something with it. Find that person. Do that competitive research. You know, if if you do one thing of going out and buying a can of iron brew, then you've done one thing that's being a justification of this podcast. But more importantly, reach out to Stuart and find out more about him and what he does organically with his marketing as well. And as always, I look forward to having you all on the next podcast. And thanks again, Stuart. It's been an absolute pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks. Thank you for listening. Don't forget if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you. Thank you.